My son, Miles, just turned two years old. It's crazy, can't believe it. And uh, <laughs> since we had COVID, we spent a lot of time at home together the past few weeks. And when Miles and I spend time together, it usually involves a whole lot of music, a lot of books, a lot of his new favorite saying, look, 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 and a lot of more milk, please all the time. Our time together also involves a lot of searching. We are often looking for that missing puzzle piece or that one stuffed animal that he all of a sudden remembered that he had somewhere. Or we're looking for the pink car, not the green car, only the pink car. Recently, Miles and I were on the search for an elusive yellow ring from his stacking toy. We looked for days for this yellow ring. Randomly, at snack time, Miles would just look at me and ask, yellow ring? He is my child, y'all. He could not get it out of his head. He was focused on finding this toy and putting it back in its rightful home. On about day three of our search for this yellow ring, we were dumping over laundry baskets of clean clothes for fun, because that's what you do. And all of a sudden, out rolled the yellow ring. I will never forget the surprise on his face, and then just the sheer joy as we made eye contact over the laundry basket. We found it. We found the thing we had been searching for. Probably should have done laundry a little earlier in the week, but we found it. Finally, our stacking toy was complete again. This month, we begin a sermon series called The Bible on Broadway. Chris Dowd and I both really, really love musicals. But like I mentioned earlier, I know that musicals are not everyone's cup of tea. And that's okay. Here in modern worship, I am not going to give you the whole spin down of the musical, I want to give you just enough to tempt you to go see it for yourself. Instead, I'm going to use the musical kind of as a simple illustration, and then throughout this series, maybe you'll hear a few songs here and there to kind of pique your interest. All of the musicals that we will be covering here in Modern Worship are musicals that have film adaptations currently out that you can stream online. I will let you know every single week how to check them out if you're interested. Also, also, not all of them are super appropriate for children, so I'll apologize for that in advance. So each week, I will also let you know what they're rated before you get into a weird uh, situation at home. Every week, we will use these Broadway musicals to learn more about our faith. We'll see how contemporary examples like musicals can help us learn who we are called to be as followers of Christ. A few years ago, a term started popping up around young people who were examining their faith. The term is deconstruction. Maybe some of you have heard that word before. A simple Google of the word deconstruction will give you opinion after opinion of why deconstruction is the absolute worst thing in the world or Deconstruction is the most essential thing to your faith. 
there are a lot of opinions on deconstruction. The idea of deconstruction is that sometimes it is necessary to rethink everything you know about God and your faith. And in order to do so, you have to strip everything down and start from the very foundation. In my experience, the people I know who have deconstructed their faith have made a decision to take charge of what they believe. Sometimes they're pushing back on some foundational things that they learned as a child and that they never really thought twice about for themselves. In other instances, people maybe grew up around spiritual abuse where the Bible was used as a weapon or a scare tactic. For those people, deconstruction is essential in separating their belief in God from the people in their lives who used faith in the Bible to oppress others. For me, I do not think of deconstruction as a big scary thing. I actually think it's kind of a really Methodist approach. As Methodists, we ask hard questions about hard topics in scripture and in our world. As Methodists, we do not check our brains at the door. We think critically and we push back when things don't seem to be making sense. I think what scares some people so much about deconstruction is that they don't know what happens to that person as they deconstruct. The person who has decided to deconstruct may decide to never reconstruct their faith. They could reach a point where they tear all of it down and think to themselves, there's nothing really worth here rebuilding. That's the very real threat of people using their brains and asking tough questions. They may decide that it's not worth it for them. But most of the people I know who have gone through deconstruction have actually walked away with a seemingly more authentic faith. They've really thought through what they believe and why. They've thought about how God is working in their lives. These people are also a lot more patient with those who have differing opinions or see themselves kind of on the outs because they too have been in the ashes rebuilding. Those who have deconstructed and then reconstructed their faith have also done really hard work they did not have to do what they did. They could have kept going through the motions, but instead they got to their core and their identity in Christ, and in the process probably drudged up a lot of trauma and pain. Not to mention all the people who I mentioned really judge those who are going through deconstruction. Often for some of us, it may be necessary to strip our faith down to its core and to re-examine why or what we believe and how it lines up with who we know God to be, who we know Jesus to be, who we know the Spirit to be. Whether you're cool with it or not, there's something we can all admire for those who have begun the hard work of deconstructing. They're searching for something more. And in their search, they've made a decision to act. 
they've taken the next step to do something about their questions. Rachel Held Evans, a late theologian, she did her own deconstructing and she said this about it. She took a massive inventory of her faith, tearing every doctrine from the cupboard and turning each one over in my hand. It seems scary the way she says it. And searching is a very biblical thing. It's not hard to think of characters throughout scripture who were on the search for something. Abraham, Hagar, Moses, Samuel, Ruth and Naomi, the disciples, even those very first believers were looking for something bigger than themselves. We also have story after story of people in the Bible who were literally searching for something. Do you remember in the New Testament when Jesus' parents are searching for him at the Passover festival and he's left them to go to the temple? Or maybe you remember those parables Jesus told of the lost coin and the lost sheep. That's what we're going to read together this morning. In Luke chapter 15, just before the famous prodigal son story, Jesus tells two short parables. Let's read them together now. Luke 15, verses 1 through 10. All the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around Jesus to listen to him. The Pharisees and legal experts were grumbling, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus told them this parable. Suppose someone among you had 100 sheep and lost one of them. Wouldn't he leave the other 99 in the pasture and search for the lost one until he finds it? And when he finds it, he's thrilled and places it on his shoulders. When he arrives home, he calls together all of his friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me because I've found my lost sheep. Jesus says, in the same way I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who changes both heart and life than over 99 righteous people who have no need to change their hearts and lives. Jesus continues, or what woman, if she owns 10 silver coins and loses one of them, won't light a lamp and sweep the house, searching her home carefully until she finds it? When she finds it, she calls together all of her friends and neighbors saying, celebrate with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, Jesus says, I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes both heart and life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let the church say, thanks be to God. Jesus uses these parables to show that no one is ever fully lost to God. That no matter how far we stray, we are still beloved and we are sought out by our creator. I like that Jesus also places value on the shepherd and on the woman. He doesn't make fun of them for searching or act like they are silly for looking for what they're looking for. Instead, their search is applauded. It is good and acceptable that they are out there looking for what is lost and what is missing for them. Not only is it good and acceptable, 
but it's celebrated. There's a joyous celebration after each lost thing is found. Searching is something that is essential for us who follow God. We are always looking for more answers. Searching is important for us to grow in our faith. If we just sit back and soak things up without thinking about them or without engaging in them, we're missing out on something. Okay, you thought I forgot about the musical. I didn't. Into the Woods is a, that's not from 1987. It is a 1987 musical by Stephen Sondham about characters from the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. So you have characters like Cinderella, Jack and the Beanstalk, Rapunzel, Little Red Riding Hood, and so many more. In 2014, Disney made a film version of Into the Woods that you can all stream on Disney+. Plus. I wish I was getting money for saying that. I am not. Uh, it is rated PG for all our kids out there. And in all versions of the musical, these classic fairy tale characters venture into the woods on the search for something. They're looking to fulfill some hopes or dreams that they have for their lives. And as the musical progresses, the characters learn that their dreams probably aren't all going to be granted, but that there's still meaning in the journey and in what they've learned along the way. Each character goes through some type of transformation as they venture further into the woods on their search for something more. What I find most fascinating about this musical is that each character is searching for their own unique thing. Red Riding Hood is on a journey to her grandmother's house, of course. Cinderella is trying to make it to the prince's ball. Rapunzel is looking for more than what she has in her tower. And Jack is trying to sell a horse. <laughs> they are all very different people looking for very different things. And yet, in the woods, they come together in their searching. They're united in their journeys because each character's looking for more. They're searching. I'd venture to guess that most of us gather here in this space because we too are searching for something. Maybe it's not that elusive yellow ring from the stacking toy. Maybe it's not a lost sheep or coin. Maybe it's not grandmother's house or a prince. But we're each looking for something. And each of our journeys are diverse from one another. They may even be different from the people we came into this space with. I fear that some of us grew up in the church learning that it's not okay to be unsatisfied. That if we do feel like something is missing in our faith, that it's a reflection that we are not doing something right. That something must be wrong with us. I think it's actually admirable to come to church and admit that you want more, that you are searching for a deeper faith, 
that you are looking for something more than you currently have. If we were all sitting here satisfied with our lives and our faith, then we probably wouldn't get much out of this whole church thing. Instead, when we search for more, that's where growth happens. That's where our journey continues. We ask difficult questions. We find where we fit in God's bigger picture. And in the process, we allow ourselves to be transformed by something larger than us. I encourage us each to keep searching in our faith journey. And I want you all to know that you can do that safely here within these walls. We offer studies and groups and events so that you can keep searching and growing for more. You may be thinking, huh, I really can't pinpoint exactly what I'm looking for right now. A yellow stacking ring, a sheep, a coin, a prince. But you may know that there's something missing. You may have a desire to go deeper, to want to grow, to simply want more. I want to welcome that feeling this morning. The Bible is full of characters searching for answers. And when they fi find what they've lost, they're not looked upon with shame or disappointment. They're celebrated. It's a joyous occasion. And what an honor we all have to gather together in this space and search together, to grow deeper in our faith together, to learn how God is calling each of us to live out in the world.